0: Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. It was an interesting week once again in the market trade and today we're going to take a look at what some are calling a yo-yo type of trade but not as much because of what's been happening in the grain and livestock markets but what's been happening in the outside market signals. We'll talk about the U.S. dollar, the equity markets, the feds. They've got an interest rate talks that came out of what we might see the interest rates do. We know they've got a full meeting coming up here the first week in November. And don't forget Friday brought us a cattle on feed report as of well. Did that set as what we thought it would be and how will the markets trade come Monday? We're going to take a look at that and a whole lot more on today's report.
1: It may be small,
2: but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska.
0: And welcome back once again. As you can see, Kyle Bumstead joins us once again. He is with Allendale. And we'd like to welcome to the program for the first time, Brian Doherty. Brian is with Total Farm Marketing. And, and gentlemen, I've had a couple different commodity folks kind of call this a yo-yo week. And maybe not as much because of the way we saw the influence inside the ag markets. But it was all those outside market influences that were weighing in. So, Brian, I'd like to start with you and kind of get your thoughts. Because we had this discussion between the three of us. Uh, Before we even started this program about market signals, the U.S. dollar, there's some interesting factors being weighed in.
1: Well, there are. And so we'll start kind of big picture. Uh, The dollar, as it goes up in value, makes U.S. products, uh, all else being equal, more expensive. So when we see the dollar move upward, as we have all year, the trend of the dollar remains higher. And that puts a damper on exports. And we've seen slow export activity but in recent weeks, the dollar has, given some, uh, has provided some really strong signals that it may be peaking. We call these reversals on the charts. Uh, in fact, are called bearish key reversals in which the daily range is much larger than the previous day in a lower close and at the top of a trend. So it could be signaling that long term the dollar is beginning to level off. The expectation is that interest rates may be leveling off. And there was some talk today uh, from from members of the Fed That while while there will be interest rate hikes, they'll be minimal or less than what maybe people were thinking about even this morning. So consequently, the dollar took a big drop and the equity market really responded. It's responded now twice here in the last month with big reversals, double bottom on the charts, big gains. As we talk, we're over 800 points higher in the Dow Jones today. So ultimately, what that could mean for grain export activity is despite slow sales so far on corn, those could pick up. Soybeans remain very robust, they're running higher than a year ago. But ultimately, when the dollar looks like it's leveling, uh, money flow might go right back into commodities. And that's really what's holding the corn market up, despite really a lack of favorable new fundamental news for corn.
0: Well, Kyle, you were talking about it, too, and the fact that you had seen some of those early Fed talks talking about, yeah, we were going to see an interest rate hike, but maybe not as bad as what they had earlier predicted.
2: Well, that's right. Uh, Initially, uh, 75 basis points was uh, the talk. And then they said, well, maybe only half a point, maybe only 50 basis points. So right
0: when that news kind of dropped, you could see the computers pick. Oh, looks like we lost Kyle there for a second. (laughs) We started...
2: We started working higher uh, once we uh, once we saw the computers pick up uh, that, that headline there. And uh, we've definitely looks like we're going to close out the week on a strong note on some of these equity markets. So that maybe is easing some of the fear while it's still hawkish. The trade kind of took it as kind of dovish here uh, as far as only 50 basis points hike.
0: So I want to ask both of you, and since Kyle, you're up on the screen first. When we look at all this Fed talk, I mean, we're so used to it seeing that outside influence to everything else, our retirement, every all that different equities. But looking at it from an agricultural perspective, these upcoming Fed talks, once again, how heavy does it weigh on the trade? I think it it
2: weighs heavily on uh, more more heavily on the producer I think as far as planning and marketing wise than it does the trade actually and I mean obviously borrowing money to to buy commodities yes there there is that aspect too but the 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 dollar you know rolling over here and going down is going to help our uh, export cases Brian uh, talked about but I really think it's going to uh shock some producers here when we start to look at renegotiating interest, uh interest on short-term livestock loans, i.e. backgrounders, uh, even live cattle. You know, you're talking twelve hundred dollars ahead for some of these five-way calves, and and there are some cases where interest is getting up into the uh seven and a half. I've heard as high as low tens. Uh, 10, 10 10.5% interest on some of these. It just depends on what what you have for a borrowing base and and what you have for collateral and whatnot. But I think that's really going to uh, shock some producers here once we get to the first year and those negotiations start to roll around with the lenders.
0: Brian, what are you thinking and and how this is all going to add to to the conversations you're having with some of your clients?
1: Well, this is how it adds to it as well. Um, Let's say a corn producer, soybean producer right now, they've seen so many different things happen over the last year, so many different variables. But when they look, and it's not a bad year. Now, maybe yield is down in some areas and they had to struggle to find fertilizer inputs and those things. But when they look ahead, those deferred contract prices just aren't attractive right now. So, from our perspective, last year, the market told farmers, hang on to inventory. You not only got a price hike, but you also had strong basis improvements. So producers are hanging on to inventory. I, I think once, once it goes in the bin, it's going to be tight to get that out unless you get a big bump in basis, higher prices, or both. And part of that decision-making by the producer is looking ahead toward inputs for next year. And with interest rates going up, they're not sure where they sit for next year. So right now they want to kind of keep their powder dry and what they have in the bin, sort of that asset holding, uh, before they get too aggressive looking to sell. Who would think that 625 December corn in the harvest of one year isn't really that attractive, but it's really not that attractive. And interest rate is just part of that equation of overall expenditures that producers are kind of frozen with right now. They just don't want to make decisions out that far.
0: Well, as we continue here at the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, you you talk about uh, the the cost and putting things in the bin. I'm curious, uh, Brian, how much of a concern is there right now with a looming train strike once again, a barge is not moving as quickly or as full as they should be headed down the Mississippi River while they continue to dredge. Is that going to weigh in on what we see in grain movement locally?
1: Oh, for sure. And, you know, it's almost a tale of two crops all of a sudden. You've got the, the river basin of the Mississippi and its tributaries and declining basis levels, and you've got screaming basis levels out west where end users are beginning to scramble and look for inventory and think about, well, you know, can we get it out to the northwest? And then this whole train strike thing. So, I don't know. I can't for sure tell you this is what's happening, but we've heard some really strong basis pops lately in order to get some corn into the hand of whoever or soybeans into the hands, whoever. And we think in part it's you've got this looming potential strike. You've got problems elsewhere. It's a bird in hand mentality. But I also think end users were waiting for this fall price setback. They didn't get it in corn. And they got it in beans, but now the basis is starting to pick up, and you know, really strongly in levels and beans. So it's again reflective of tight supplies. I'm going to call it ample farm storage, at least at this stage of the game, and farmers not aggressively selling extra inventories. We've heard some really, you know, and I did hear this this week a couple of times. Some really good basis pops for farmers who are harvesting good crops, and they are letting it go out of the field, not in storage. But I think that's more the exception than than probably the rule right now.
0: Kyle, I noticed you were shaking your head in agreement with what Brian was just talking about. Well, that's right.
1: And uh, when we look at it from a commercial
2: perspective, we've got December corn trading a uh, quarter to a half cent over July as we go home on this Friday. And uh, that says to me, and it says to the market saying that I want your corn now, I want your corn now. I I, I don't care, I want it now. And with the basis uh, that we've seen appreciate as well too, it's kind of a double gift here right now. You don't have to put it in the bin. They want it now. So there may be some opportunities out there in those deferred months here on a setback to maybe re-own some of those bushels out there uh, in July because December corn is worth more than July corn right now. And most of that basis pushes came... Uh, Pretty well, I would say, west of Interstate 35 uh, in Iowa, Minnesota. That's kind of the dividing line there uh, because most of this gets railed to either the PNW or it goes to the southwest or it goes to the you know, panhandle of Texas and Oklahoma. Kansas goes for the for the cattle feeding or it goes to Mexico from this area. And uh, just this week here locally, our basis has improved uh, immensely. I mean, they're running right with uh, Chicago Board or they're running over uh, in some cases at the local elevator, 10 to 15 cents over at local elevators overboard price right now to try to get some of that corn locked up to meet their commitments too. And not only that, but we've also seen here, and I've heard across the Corn Belt too, that in order to uh, dissuade the producer from storing corn and even soybeans, uh, they have adjusted their storage rates. So they've kind of hiked up the storage rate too, and they've said, well, that's kind of what it is. So we want your corn now. we want your soybeans, we want your corn right now, not later. So we're we're willing to pay up for
0: it now. All right. You're talking grain, which obviously makes me turn to this cattle on feed report that came out on a Friday afternoon. Any surprises? Uh, Not really, Susan. It was kind of uh, as
2: traded expected here. Uh, The on feed came in at 99.1%. The uh, placement's at 96.2. The estimate there was 96.3. We didn't really miss it this time uh, like we have in the past year. And the marketing's at 104. And we already kind of have that data as far as marketings go. We have been aggressively marketing cattle here. Uh, This week here in particular, uh, new contract highs here. We went home today, new contract highs here in the December live cattle. Some of these deferred months did uh, make new contract highs as well. So uh, feeder cattle side of things though, we did get in some technical resistance here. We got to a nice downtrend line here that we started back in uh, the middle of August. And that met up with the highs in the middle of September. So the question I have going home today with uh, the market still bear spread somewhat here, both the feeders and the live cattle, did we put in a short-term top here? Are we on the verge of a short-term top here on the future side of things? Now, cash has made leaps and bounds here this week uh, as far as the live cattle situation, and the feeder cattle really need to start picking it up there because we've got October expiration coming up here this week with an index sitting right just under 173 and October, board sitting at 175 and a quarter, and looking out to January over 180. So some point in time, these feeders, the the cash in the future is going to have to line up here.
0: All right. Well, this show went way too fast. I have a whole list of other questions. We'll have to do it in another segment. Thanks both of you for joining us today. And we want to remind folks, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. You've been joining the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup. that has been brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Thanks to Brian Doherty and Kyle Bumstead for joining us on this week's episode.